Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb Yeah, I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Innes. Welcome to episode 11. It feels like it's been a million years since I recorded. Um, It's been, I think, two weeks almost to the day, maybe. Um, I, whenever I'm like ahead of schedule, I always procrastinate until the last second on my next episode and sabotage myself. So we'll see how this goes, but, um, sorry if it feels a little bit disjointed. It literally is last minute. Once again, it's like Monday evening. Um, so hopefully it will be all right, but I don't know if anyone has any like advice on how to get my shit together and not self-sabotage when I have the opportunity to like be ahead of schedule that would be wonderful thank you very much um I had a pretty good week last week it's been up and down um (laughs) I don't know I I think all the pollen in the air is like I don't get allergies but I think it's like clogging my airways and I'm just not getting enough oxygen or something because my brain is just out of it um but there were some fun things that happened last week um I went to a ninjutsu ninjutsu graduation um last Wednesday for my friend Gigi uh shout out to Gigi she graduated to red belt which was really cool and I got to see um her and all of her like fellow ninjas I guess like fellow peers at the dojo um perform and rehearse I don't I don't know what the correct term is I was like a theater kid not a martial arts person but like they did their martial arts and it was really cool to watch um so that was fun and then my other friend Kelsey that was her birthday that day so happy belated birthday but I also told you happy birthday on that day um happy birthday Kelsey and she had a birthday party over the weekend and it was field day themed which was really fun and we um did a few different field day activities and we did jello wrestling which was amazing i had a really good time with the jello wrestling it was kind of ridiculous and very slimy and sticky and it was a little bit cold because we did it right around sunset which was i don't know maybe not the best idea but other than being chilly afterwards it was really really fun and I have just been um, watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season two. It's so good, but I just don't have any time to sit down and binge it, so I haven't finished it yet. But I, I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> I really wish I could just like take a Real Housewives journey. What if I just turned this into a Real Housewives podcast and I just did like every single season of all of the the different Real Housewives franchises, and I just gave up on the whole premise of doing like classic reality TV? I wouldn't do that, but. Because I'm sure I wouldn't like all of them. Like, I'm liking Beverly Hills, but I'm really enjoying it. So that's where I am. That's my little catch-up. So let's dive into this week's episode. Uh, This week we will be talking about our first, I think it's our first E, E exclamation point. I don't know how, am I supposed to be like exclaiming it? Like, E! I don't know. It's our first E show, um, The Girls Next Door. So this is the show that features the uh, Playboy Playmates, um, three of Hugh Hefner's, well, I guess they weren't Playmates technically, but the average viewer really wouldn't have known that, um, three of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends, and they're just like living and, you know, having fun, living the dream in the Playboy Mansion. So I remember watching this in middle school and high school a little bit when it was on, but I wasn't a huge fan. I wouldn't like try to keep up with the most recent episodes, but it did run on E like reruns a ton so I did just you know watch it whenever I didn't have anything else better that I could be watching um I'm pretty sure the soup uh it was probably on the soup a lot so and I I love the soup I love Joel McHale so I probably watched it there but I can only remember a few specific episodes but I did know um after Hugh Hefner passed away a few years ago spoiler alert (laughs) that's the where where are they now for him Um, But after he did pass away a few years ago, there was obviously a lot of stuff because I think that was right around the Me Too um, 
kind of becoming in the popular consciousness uh, kind of a lot of accusations. I don't even want to say accusations because it was stuff that was all known, but just like a reframing of the life of Hugh Hefner. Um, Maybe not from such a forgiving standpoint as had previously been. So I wanted to give this like a fair shake and I didn't want to just give the whitewashed like happy-go-lucky TV version of what happened since I know there were kind of some dark things that went on in the Playboy Mansion. So I read Holly Madison's memoir um, Down the Rabbit Hole. It has like a very long title which I think I'll read at the end when I do the Where Is She Now. I read her memoir because I wanted to get her side of things or at least like some other perspective than just what we were given and that was very good if you like a sorted um like kind of easy to read but like celebrity memoir definitely recommend I read it in like three days which is not saying a lot for some people but I I don't know ever since I graduated from college and I was an English major in college an English and Russian major so like all I did was read that's all I did was read like read I just read a lot and I read a lot of Russian lit and a lot of English lit it was a lot um so it's like after I graduated from college my brain just shut down and my attention span like refuses to let me read like long form novels most of the time um and I just cannot get through a book and I try really hard and I've tried like different reading challenges and things like that and I'm you know I'm working on it because I do I did I've always loved to read my whole life which is why I was an English major but Anyway, I don't read as much as I used to, and I definitely don't read as quickly as I used to, so me finishing this whole, like, however long it is on my iPhone uh, library app, it was like 640 pages, which I know it's not like 640 actual physical paper pages, but however long it was, I read it in like three days, because it was very good. And that's all I wanted to say. Um, So yeah, I wanted to give it like a fair shake and do both sides. Like, you know, we'll recap and we'll kind of give the surface level what's going on, but I'll pull in some of the things that I remember um, from doing Holly or from reading Holly's uh, book. So let's do the background. Um, So I just wanted to like kind of give the perspective of just where I was when this was coming out. Um, I had a I have well I guess I don't this is weird my family's kind of weird. (laughs) Um, I had a stepsister she is no longer my stepsister because our parents are no longer married but you know I I don't see her very much she's grown and has her own family and lives in a different state than I do but I keep up with her on Facebook and I care about her anyway that's all you know she's not my family by legal ties anymore but you know there's always a familial tie there anyway I don't think she listens to this but whatever hey Vicky if you do listen um I remember when Vicky was very into like playboy bunny shit when she was like a teenager I don't know she probably would have been about like 14 15 16 this time Um, And she just had a bunch of Playboy Bunny stuff. And I don't know, maybe that was like specific to her. But I think there were like, it was like a thing for a lot of teenage girls in the mid 2000s just to like wear a Playboy Bunny hat or t-shirt or necklace or something. So Playboy almost had this wholesome image. Like I don't want to say it was wholesome um, because I think in a lot of ways this show contributed to the peak wholesomeness that Playboy like ever had but in some ways it was a little bit I don't know less sordid than it might have been in the past um so I guess that's why the producer of the show Kevin Burns decided to approach Hugh Hefner and kind of wanted to make a tv show about Playboy like he was thinking that it was a time when America would be receptive to this sort of I don't know level of access to the Playboy Mansion and seeing what goes on and so Hugh Hefner again was like involved was one of the producers of the show Um, it ran from August 2005 to August 2010 so almost exactly um, it ended one day past the fifth anniversary of when it premiered and um, when Kevin originally approached Hef uh, to do a show involving playboy him like the playboy mansion and Hugh Hefner himself um it was originally called the pilot was called Hef's World and it featured like Hef and his friends and the girlfriends that lived there and it was like contrasted against the mansion staff so it was kind of going to be like oh you know the like 
high life of the Playboy Mansion high rollers versus like just the people who work there and keep it running. I don't know, like Titanic, I guess. Like that's where my mind jumped to. Um, But then they ended up filming the interviews with the girls, like the talking heads that they would use, and they really loved their personalities. So they decided to kind of switch the focus and focus more on the women themselves. So that's pretty cool. In seasons one through five, featured the three um, main girlfriends who were living there. Uh, It was Holly Madison, Bridget Marquot, and Kendra Wilkinson. And then after those three left for various reasons, it was all right around the same time. Um, For the sixth season, Hef had already gotten some new girlfriends because that's, you know, how he rolls. Um, And that season six featured uh, twins Christina and Carissa Shannon and Crystal Harris. Um, And the show did really, really well. It was an instant success for E! Um, It brought in some of the network's highest ratings. So it was really awesome. And it made the girls stars. Um, And it also kind of spawned two spinoffs that came later. Um, One was Kendra's spinoff, which was just called Kendra. um, And the other was Holly's called Holly's World. So going into the episode recap, um, I decided to do season one, episode nine, which is called Under the Covers. Um, I wanted to do an episode that was specifically talked about by Holly in her book. And this was an instance that it was basically it's their first Playboy shoot when they were actually in the magazine. And there was a lot leading up to that. And, you know, this a lot kind of revolves around this. So that's why I wanted to do this episode in particular. Um, What's a little bit annoying is that the whole like Playboy magazine photo shoot is split up into two different episodes. So it's episode seven is when they shoot like most of the pictorials. And there's this whole issue that's actually discussed in the book as well, where um, Bridget had to leave as they were doing one of the pictorials because she was taking graduate school classes and she had a final exam that she couldn't get out of. So she had to like put on her clothes and go to school and take her exam. Um, and they ended up, you know, just shooting Holly and Kendra together and they, the photos turned out really great. And then Bridget was super worried that she was going to be excluded from the magazine and they ended up reshooting. So that was all on episode seven. Then there was episode eight, which was completely unrelated and was just like the Midsummer Night's Dream Ball and Bridget's sister who was like staying at the mansion for the summer, which is kind of weird, but we'll get to that, Um, like giving her a makeover. And then we have episode nine, which features the cover shoot and like waiting for the magazine to come out, but it also has like a whole other B plot that's very random and unimportant. So I ended up doing nine just because it's the one that actually features the cover shoot and that's kind of iconic but um season I don't know episode seven was maybe a little bit better of the ones that I watched and like I mentioned I procrastinated like I read the book in three days and then I waited like five more days to start watching the show so I probably could have watched a lot more episodes and probably found one that maybe was a little bit better I was actually thinking of doing the one that I remembered specifically that I like have a vivid memory like I can remember the entire episode but it's the one where they go to San Diego and meet Kendra's family and that's touched on a little bit in Holly's book but like I didn't want to feature Kendra in particular just because like I'm not I don't have any kind of allegiance towards Kendra and I kind of have an allegiance towards Holly now just because I read her book that's how I operate like if I research you in any way I'm like connected to you now um But yeah, I remember that because I remember, I think it was Holly, but it might have been Bridget, but one of the other girls brought uh, Kendra a a toaster waffle with like cinnamon sugar on it, and she said it was a San Diego because they were going to San Diego that day, and I thought that was really cute, and it stuck with me for like the rest of my life. So I wanted to do that purely just to discuss the San Diego scene, but since I just discussed it now, it doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) let's dive into the episode itself. Um, So there is this little like pre-bumper scene I guess before the theme song goes off that's like very strange. So I guess it's like Hef and the girls and some of his friends because there's a random man there also like having lunch in the mansion. Um, And it opens on Hef and he's like making a piece like shucking up the deuces basically. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. Um, And in the background you can hear Kendra being like yo represent. Um. And they're just doing all these different hand symbols. So, you know, knowing white people in the mid-2000s, it could be that they were, like, trying to make gang signs. Who knows? But that's the vibe that I got was they were, like, 
playing around with gang signs or making fake gang signs or doing something like that. Um, so Kendra's making a sign with her hand that's like, I don't know, it looks like it's a 69. Um, and then someone else is, oh, that's a 96. And so Hef says, oh, yeah, that's an unpopular position, 96. And so then Kendra laughs, like, for a few seconds, like, multiple seconds, she laughs. And then she's like, wait, what? Or, no, she's like, why, why, yeah, why don't they call it 96? And then Hef has to tell her, oh, yeah, well, that, that would be two people facing away from each other. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's just, like, to establish that Kendra's a dumb blonde. There's also some, like, horrible ADR, right, as it's, like, cutting away from the scene that's, like, Kendra saying, like, oh, I get it. Like, she truly didn't get it until then, like, when Hef explained it. So, I don't know. It was just, like, a dumb scene, but it was kind of funny. So we have our opening theme song, which I always loved that song. It's like, I don't know, come on to my house, but I'm not going to sing it. It's, it's good. It gets stuck in my head a lot. Um, so we have some establishing shots of the mansion. Uh, we see the peacocks. That was one thing that I always remembered was um, the peacocks that lived at the, the Playboy Mansion. Actually, here's a fun, fun story. It's not that fun, but... Uh, a few years ago, I was in Los Angeles. I went to DragCon, RuPaul's DragCon, Dra- RuPaul's Drag Race DragCon. I don't know what the full title is. Um, but that was, I don't know, that was probably the best year to go because I think it was like the second year that it happened. So it was more organized, like people knew what they were doing, but it wasn't like so popular that the lines were super insane because they were already pretty insane. It was like, you know, Disney where you're like waiting for two hours to get to a 30 second experience, but it was really fun. Um... And on my last day, I had some free time before my flight, so I ended up taking this celebrity mansion sightseeing tour because, you know, why the hell not when in, when in Hollywood, take the opportunity. And I saw the, like, Playboy Mansion gates, and that was it. Like, I didn't see anything because you can't see anything, but I saw where the Playboy Mansion was. So that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I saw that exterior. I saw, I didn't see the peacock, but I knew the peacocks were there. And then boom, titties like immediately titties and also I was watching this on YouTube I I guess I can say that like they're they're just on YouTube the quality sucks but they're just there they haven't gotten taken down yet so whatever I don't think I'm going to be the one that like attracts enough attention that they get taken down so anyway there were boobs and I think this might have been from a like an international version because upon my second or third watch when I was re-watching it I noticed that now the quality was poor, but I'm pretty sure the boobs were not censored. Um, And that was definitely something that Holly had brought up in her book was that initially they tried to shoot the girls kind of modestly and kind of from creative angles. So you couldn't, couldn't always tell that they were nude. But then they realized that on the international versions, they could get like they could show whatever because in Europe people are evolved and like, you know, recognize that the human body is just there and everyone has one um and so they also but I guess probably sex sells still in Europe so they were allowed to show the nudity and they could get higher ratings or better views or whatever and then they could just censor it out for the American market so anyway all that to say a lot of nudity and I'm pretty sure this was the international version because I saw nipples that's fine. Um, so it was, yeah, a flashback to the episode seven that I had mentioned of the girls doing their pictorial and they had been shooting like in a shower in the grotto. And we just get an explanation that um, Holly said that they shot the pictorial and they had the opportunity to shoot the cover, but they don't know if they're going to get it. Um, so we have like a little flashback probably to, I don't know, I watched seven, eight, and nine. So it was probably episode six, I guess of Hef actually going and telling them um, that they have the opportunity to do the cover, but he can't promise anything. So, I don't know. That's just like, he's the fucking editor-in-chief. He can he can make a promise if he wants to. So the girls act um, very excited, and the keyword there is act, because that was like a not very good acting. I'm assuming that he probably told them at a different time before when they filmed, and they had to like actually act it out. Um, But then it's kind of, that was all the flashback. It cuts back into Holly in her little talking head explaining that all of Hef's other girlfriends that he's had over the many, many years have all been on Playboy and all had like the cover, so... Um, she wants, you know, to do that as well. 
She also says that covers are reserved for celebrities and people who are a really big deal. And we see some flashes of like past Playboy covers um, and different celebrities and stuff, including one of Paris Hilton. So there's a little connection to last week. Um, So then we kind of just get, it's still Holly and her talking head, but it's just like a change of idea, I guess. Um, And she's explaining that the guest house is um, on the property of the Playboy Mansion and that's where visiting playmates stay. It was originally decorated by Hef's girlfriend, Barbie Benton, back in the 70s. And she says that Barbie was very into, like, country... She says country singing, which is a weird way to put it. I guess country music. Um, She was also on Hee Haw, so she decorated the house in, like, a very country motif. And we see some, like, flashes of what that looks like, and it's horrid. Um, And Holly definitely goes into a little bit of this in her book and mentions that it it also had kind of just fallen into disrepair. So it looked really gross. Um, so she took it like in unto herself to like do a project where she um, wants to, you know, remodel the house. And on the show, she just says like, oh, it's just done a million years ago. So I would I want to do something more fun. Um, but it was pretty nasty. So it, it definitely needed it. So we see shots of Holly and she's like in a sports bra and sweat, but she looks very well coordinated and looks cute. Um, She's doing some of the home improvement work, uh, carrying out like a huge old CRT TV. She's unscrewing old shelves from the wall. It looks like really hard work and she's doing it all by herself, um, which seems awful. Like I would want someone in there to help me carry all of that shit out. She's like stripping everything. She's doing some like HGTV shit in there for real. Um, And then she also just mentions that she doesn't want Hef to see any of it until it's done. So then we switch over to Bridget in her room um, talking about their upcoming cover shoot. Um, Holly also talks about the different rooms that are in uh, the mansion in her book a little bit. But the room that Bridget lives in is definitely brought up because everything in there is pink. Um, So the walls are all pink uh, and it's like pink and lighter pink. I don't even want to say dark pink because it's all relatively light but it's pink stripes on the wall and pink furniture everywhere it reminds me of a victoria's secret dressing room in some ways like just the striped pink um and so we see some shots of the pets all of the girls have pets like and all of them have like five million dogs each um and yeah we see shots of bridget's pets and she has like this black fluffy persian cat who just looks like an adorable little gremlin um and his name is gizmo and she has a tiny little black dog and i couldn't I didn't know what breed it was when I saw it. I looked it up later. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like a Pekingese. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Anyway, um, it's really cute. It's like a super cute tiny little fluffball dog. It's like a tiny, tiny little puppy. Uh, So Holly kind of comes into Bridget's room and tells her that she told Hef about the concept for the cover and how it's going to be the three of them lying in bed together and Hef seemed to be really excited and he called it perfect so they're feeling good about it and we kind of just transition into the girls at the studio. They're kind of getting individual pictures taken. They're doing a few group shots that I guess are just more part of the pictorials because it isn't the cover photo shoot. Um, and they, Holly mentions that they had recreated his bedroom for the photo shoot. Um, and she said that like, it looked perfect. Everything matched up very well. She said that there was like, oh, she's like, oh, the bed was perfect. The chandelier was perfect. And we get comparison shots and we see that half his chandelier has, you know, just a few young women's panties hanging off of it. So that's very classy for a man in his eighties. <laughs> um, gross. And yeah, she says that it's like appropriately themed, but it's more of a fantasy version than what goes on at the mansion, which based on her book is maybe the understatement of the fucking year. Um, So I, again, I highly recommend you read this book. It's like super juicy, but she does go into what happens in the Playboy Mansion. And I'm happy to share now as well. So basically everyone wants to know, like, do the girls fuck half? The answer is kind of. Basically what happens is there is like it's everything is very regimented in the Playboy house and each day has its own specific schedule and routine that they go through. So on I think it was like Wednesdays and Fridays is club night. So on club night the girlfriends and maybe a few other women maybe some Playboy playmates or um, just like other 
sexy women of the LA community like girls who are hot just get put in a file basically in Hugh Hefner's office and he can just like call them up and invite them to the Playboy Mansion to come to parties and shit so it could be random girls like that whatever um they all go out uh to the club with Hef and they dance and they drink and they party and they come back and they all go upstairs they all undress, put on matching flannel pajamas that, like, live in a closet in Hef's room. Like, however many women are there, they just get however many sets of pajamas out. And then they all go into bed. Um, Hef has porn playing on, like, multiple TV screens, like, blaring around the room. And then the women are supposed to begin, like, making love <laughs> to one another, you know, but, you know, fake it, whatever. He can't really tell. Um, Hef's jacking it, and then as the girls are kind of, you know, pretending to fuck one another, he'll, like, go from woman to woman, and I presume have sex with her for, like, a few seconds. Holly wasn't too graphic about this because, you know, she's a lady. Um, But, yeah, they each kind of take their turn with him until he rolls off and, like, finishes himself off. There was not a great discussion of, like, the condom situation, so I don't know what's happening there. I do know if he's going from woman to woman. That kind of concerns me. Um, there was not a lot of discussion of like safe sex practices. And you know this is how often we went to the clinic to get tested. So I don't know. But yeah. So that's what happened in, the, in Hef's bedroom. So yeah maybe the the sensual you know like intimate scene. That the three girls together are like acting out as they're taking their photos yeah, maybe that's a little bit more of a fantasy version compared to what actually happens. Um, so we just see, like, the girls modeling together. And then Kendra gets this talking head. She says that she has a huge butt fetish. Uh, I said that word really weird, didn't I? Butt fetish. Butt fetish. Whatever. <laughs> um, she's like, yeah, I have a huge butt fetish. Guys, girls. And then she just goes, wait, what was I talking about again? So I guess it's implied that she was just, you know enjoying herself too much that she couldn't she lost her train of thought Bridget gets a talking head um she just explains that the cover shoot was pretty easy their pose was pretty easy since they were just on a mattress so they just had to like change up their facial expressions um it was just them with like these satin sheets and we see them you know just like kind of posing and they're all just like shifting their shoulders around and like changing up their face you know like from one sexy pose to another um they did test shoots with both black and white sheets and we do see you know kind of like each of the the pictures that they did that comes up so that's kind of fun it's kind of like America's Next Top Model when you see like the the shoot the photo shoot as the girls do them um and then they mentioned just that like Hef will have to decide which one they're going to do so there's like not a lot of there's a little bit of tension I guess I would say in this episode (laughs) that they're the stakes aren't too high, so they really milk it where they can. Um, so that's like, yeah, we have to wait for Hef to call and let us know, like, which which sheets we're going to be shooting in. Um, so all of the girls are, you know, kind of, like, crowding around looking at the different shots. Um, and they, they love the black sheets. They're not, you know, the white sheets are more, like, angelic and virginal. Um, Kendra says uh, the black sheets make them look, she goes, erotic. I meant exotic. Um which is weird because they don't look exotic in any way. They do look erotic. So I think you were right the first time, Kendra. Uh, so at this point, we get a little cutaway back to the mansion. Um, one of Hef's assistants, I think it's Norma. Um, we see her later a couple of times um, telling him that the girls' layouts are on the way uh, for him to review. And then, you know, we're like, here's the drama of like, oh my gosh, what what color sheet's going to come? <laughs> um, so we also have like a talking head from Holly. This is interesting. This is kind of like, you know, the most that we get a, a peer behind the curtain like this episode as opposed to what she said in her book. So she mentions that in the past, Hef had told her that she couldn't be a playmate or like in the magazine just because she wasn't photogenic enough. Um, and this was definitely something that she talks a lot about. Hef was very manipulative. Um, he's an abuser. I mean, he's he's just an abuser. Like, we shouldn't be making excuses for abusers in 2019. And Hugh Hefner 100% was. Um, the women who lived with him were subjected to all kinds of ridiculous rules and curfews and things that grown adult women should not have to be subject to. And it wasn't like in any kind of consensual BDSM relationship. There was no 
power uh, I mean there was a power exchange I guess but like it wasn't like a negotiated healthy BDSM thing in any way it wasn't even like a you know I, I wouldn't say it's BDSM at all it was just like manipulation and abuse um so yeah he he really abused emotionally abused Holly and would tell her that she wasn't pretty enough and would play the girls against one another to make them insecure and before Bridget and Kendra moved into the mansion Holly had been living in the mansion with a whole other posse of women that she referred to in her book as the mean girls because they you know they were just like mean to her and catty and there was a lot of um backstabbing and you know talking behind one another's backs and things and then much 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 later on towards the end of the book Holly finally realizes that the whole reason that the mean girls were even an issue was because Hef was horrible basically and was you know playing against them like playing one against the other and that kind of thing and it was just I don't know he's awful so he yeah he would make Holly feel insecure and tell her that she wasn't pretty enough and it's interesting that she did admit that in this talking head specifically that he did say she wasn't photogenic enough to be a playmate or to be in Playboy because her whole character which is also something that's discussed in her book like her whole character that they came up with for the show was she was the one that cared about Hef and she was the one that wanted the other girls to leave eventually and she would get married and have babies with Hef and like you know have this fantastic life um which I think is definitely something that people wondered about when this show came out like they were wondering is Holly really like does she feel that way is she acting is she even smart enough to be acting a lot of people thought these women were just like too stupid even though Bridget was like literally getting her master's degree like as the show was airing um so yeah I think I mean she talks about it but she she says that she basically convinced herself to love him like she had to she had to convince herself that she loved him because otherwise she wouldn't be able to continue living and, you know, doing what she was doing. And she felt really trapped and felt like she didn't have any way out. So I don't know. Like, it's, I, I just, the book was really good. I know I've said that a lot, but the book was really good. And Holly's really relatable. And I like her a lot. So it's just really sad that she had to deal with this for so many years. And, even like on national tv to the point where she was like talking about it in her like interviews so she also says that hef tells her that um she's more important to him than all of his other ex-girlfriends but she says she finds it hard to believe because you know his ex-girlfriends were on playboy a million times and she's like bitter maybe and she laughs it off but you know there's like definitely a deeper pain there so it's very sad um, so yes, we get some like very dramatic, like miss, I don't know, just like intense, I, I want, I almost said Mission Impossible music, but I think I realized that the very dramatic knockoff Mission Impossible music is later on in like the other dramatic moment of the show. So we get some dramatic music, but it's not the Mission Impossible music yet. Um, and Hef like reviews the layouts and calls over to the studio to say like what he's decided. He liked the black sheets. Oh my gosh, shocking. <laughs> Whatever. Um. The girls are happy. They start doing their photo shoot. Um, and yeah, that's it. They like do their photo shoot. They're really happy. They're looking at the little like negatives and things like that as they leave. And yeah, that's the end. They did their their photo shoot. Cute. So it's the next day. Um, per to- Holly's like little talking head, uh, the mansion in Holmby Hills. Holmby Hills? Is that how you would say that? I don't know. It's seven acres, um, so the property is a mansion, and then the guest house, and the game house, and then there's another property across the street, and that's the Playboy house, the Playmate house, sorry, the Playmate house, and that's where the Playmates come to stay whenever they, like, are coming from out of town to shoot their pictorials and stuff. So she said that, um, no, that's what the, that's what the guest house is for. Okay, I'm confused. So the guest house is where the Playmates stay when they shoot their pictorials but the playmate house is where some other playmates just live because I guess Hef wants them close at hand sorry about that I know it's confusing about where all of these like young attractive women are living in close proximity to this old wrinkly raisin man but you know gotta keep it straight so anyway there since there are some playmates living there she decided to throw a barbecue to welcome them so that's 
that's the whole point of this scene. Um, so she goes out with Anastasia, who I mentioned earlier is Bridget's younger, I'm assuming younger sister. Yes, definitely younger, because Bridget's like in her mid-30s at this point, and Anastasia's definitely like early 20s. Um, and she's like staying at the Playboy Mansion, which is fucking weird. It's weird enough that like multiple girls live at the Playboy Mansion and they're all Hef's girlfriend, but, and they all have their own separate rooms, but like thank God they all have their own separate rooms. It'd be weird if they all live together in one it's weird to have your younger sister come and stay with you at your, like, boyfriend's mansion who you also, like, he has other girlfriends and he would also probably take you on as a girlfriend, like, if everyone agreed to that because he will date sisters. Like, that's, that's weird. I don't know. It's just strange to me that, like, she was there for the whole summer. Whatever. Her and Holly go to the grocery store. Um, I noticed that it's called Bristol Farms and it looks like a fucking plantation. Like as they're walking into it, it has like these giant columns that they're walking in between. I googled it and it said it's like a luxury grocery store. So that makes sense. Um, It will be Holly's first time cooking and she's going to make her mom's pasta salad. Um, So she's like looking for stuff and being ridiculous she gets like radishes for onions and she's looking for like a very specific type of like Italian dressing that's like a specific brand I'm pretty sure she could probably use like whatever kind of Italian dressing was available but she calls the mansion well it's edited as if she calls the mansion and then we get like shots of the mansion interior like the kitchen staff picking up and talking to her but there's really no exchange on either end that indicates that they were like definitely talking to the person that showed on the other end so I'm pretty sure production just cut in some b-roll that they had of like the mansion staff just doing stuff to like make it seem as if she calls the staff or whatever like on a whim she was probably calling her mom or someone to like ask since it was her mom's recipe but she's like asking for the like where the dressing would be in the grocery store and then she finds it um and then yeah she tells a gross joke that I don't honestly want to repeat it's about a vegetarian with diarrhea gross anyway I don't think it's funny we're back at the house again and then Bridget is talking to her mom on the phone she has like this big ass chunky like VoIP office phone you know what I mean like it's just like a big black chunky handset Um, And so she's telling her mom that she's nervous because um, at any time they could decide not to run their cover. So again, yeah, it's like just trying to raise the tension because Hef said that he couldn't promise it, but he's the editor-in-chief. He can do what he wants. Like, put your girlfriends on the cover. Come on. Um, So she mentions that uh, she'll probably give the, or they'll probably give the cover to Kelly Monaco, um, who comes up a lot. Uh, She comes up a lot in this episode. She comes up a lot in Holly's book. She's just like, was one of the playmates I think she was a playmate of the year so um and then her mom like doesn't really reassure her she just like tells her well she's like yeah well you know things always do change like things can always change so it's just like that's not very helpful that doesn't seem very reassuring it just seems like you're probably making her insecurities worse so whatever meanwhile in another part of the mansion um the kitchen staff is kind of getting Holly set up to cook dinner for her party she's like chopping vegetables but she's being very awkward about it and she's chopping on like a low table like in an off dining room area or something it's not like a the main kitchen area so it looks a little bit precarious um but she's just like oh it's fun to cook but it's good I don't have to yeah um we also see Kendra in her room eating fried chicken or some something unhealthy that she ordered up from the mansion kitchen and she's like yelling at her dogs this is a good time to talk about how the mansion kitchen is open 24-7 and you can just order whatever you want from it. Like if you say you want a hamburger, you can just get a hamburger. If you want like chicken and waffles, you could just get chicken and waffles. That, I, I don't know. I know that Hef is an abuser and I said all of that like just a few seconds ago, but a 24-7 kitchen where you can order whatever you want that's like having a restaurant in your house but it's better than a restaurant because you can get whatever you want I mean like I might have to deal with like the 9 p.m curfew and all that shit for that I don't stay out late anyway honestly going out on the club nights would be the worst for me because I like don't like to go out so (laughs) I don't know would you do it would you have done it 
it might be good to like good not good it might have been fun maybe to do for like like living being Hef's girlfriend like living in the mansion for like three months max but not multiple years like these women have done um so anyway back to Kendra so she's eating her fried chicken and she's like yelling at her dogs and it's just a scene to talk about how she's not healthy and she loves fried chicken and she had it three times today um and just like all the while that she's like has this talking head talking about the fried chicken she's like yelling it cuts back to her in her room yelling at her dogs and she probably says no like 32 times she's like no 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 and then finally it's just like okay fine and she like gives them both a piece of chicken um and it's kind of cute all right back over at holly's kitchen she's mixing an entire box worth of cooked spaghetti into her pasta salad yes i did say spaghetti i did mean spaghetti noodles she did not choose like bow ties or like penne or anything reasonable for a pasta salad um There's also, like, very dramatic, like, satirical horror movie music that's playing underneath as she's, like, making all of this, and it's pretty funny. Uh, she also goes into the kitchen and tells one of the chefs that he should be threatened because she, like, is learning how to cook now. Um, oh, I guess there's this, like, random scene of... I guess that's it for Holly's Kitchen. Oh, I didn't write it down. I, okay, I'm sorry. Again, I like procrastinated. This isn't the most organized episode in the world. That's all right. You know, it's it's my personality. So I did just want to say because I didn't write this down, but I did notice this as I was rewatching her pasta salad. Not only does it have an entire fucking box of spaghetti noodles, there are like chunks of something orange that straight up looks like a mango, and I'm so curious what it was. Like I can't think of anything that would look like that other than like a mango or a cantaloupe maybe no it was like it was like yellowy so I, it couldn't have been a cantaloupe maybe a mango or like um a squash like a yellow squash cut up into chunks but that seems strange to put in a pasta salad too uncooked like cubes of squash anyway I'm just I was that struck me I was so curious so if you know what that might be in a pasta salad recipe please do let me know um so that's it yeah like that's the end of her little cooking the pasta salad uh we get a scene of her walking into one of Hef's offices and this is when we see Norma again um asking when the magazine's coming in and Norma just says it's gonna be sometime later this week so we know it's not in yet uh and then we cut over to a scene with Bridget and her sister walking her little fluffy dog little baby fluff ball it's super tiny and cute um Bridget's being actually a very responsible dog owner especially for this time because she's basically forcing her dog to go on a walk because it's very small and little and I don't think it likes to walk because its legs are so tiny it's really cute I you should look up this episode just to see the little dog it's so cute um but she's like oh no come on you have to walk you have to learn how to walk and just like I don't know there were so many other women like in this time period who had tiny little dogs they just carried around in their purses and stuff their their legs are probably like atrophied like do you think Lisa Vanderpump's dog's Jiggy like do you think Jiggy can walk any kind of distance like that little thing is always being picked up and touted around but she's actually making the dog walk so it's cute um the dog's name is Wednesday and she calls it Winnie and that is all very adorable so Holly is getting ready for the barbecue at the playmate house and we see her setting up her snacks like dumping a bag of chips (laughs) like into a bowl um she's been like calling the kitchen she calls the kitchen like five different times to ask for different things um like as she thinks of them like iced tea and fried pickle chips which sound amazing right now and jack daniels so you know the essentials (laughs) um and then so she's changed into her housewife costume she specifically refers to it as a costume it is a black and white gingham off the shoulder crop top that's like it's basically like a tube top thing um and a matching gingham black and white checkered mini skirt um you know showing a lot of belly a lot of leg her body's great so you know whatever go for it so she's cooking in the playmate house kitchen she's decided to make hamburgers and hot dogs um of course she has to say like how how hard could it be to cook a hamburger and a hot dog so you know famous last words 
all the rest of the guests um so it's like Bridget and Holly no not Bridget and Holly Bridget and Kendra and some of like the other playmates I guess who are around or the ones who are living in the house um they're already just like hanging out in the living room kind of entertaining themselves they're taking jello shots but they're like they have like a plastic container of jello shot made already and they're like scooping it from the container into little like shot glasses which is strange um it almost looks like they were sherbet shots when I was like first watching it like it looked like it was opaque and not like clear like jello is and sherbet shots sound amazing but I don't think I think it was just jello so that's a little bit sad um so we see some like playmate of the year chiron so we see like a playmate i i didn't get her name but 2004 was there tiffany fallon 2005 was there tiffany fallon is very close to the name of a friend i had from high school so that's kind of fun it's not the same name but it's it's close Tiffany goes back into the kitchen to talk to Holly to give her some company. Um, And Holly's like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, you look so cute. She's literally wearing a pink polo shirt and jeans and looks like probably the least dressed up person in like a 20 mile radius of the Playboy Mansion. But whatever. Yeah, sure. She looks cute. Um, And then Holly talks about her housewife costume. Uh, She says that if she's going to do something like cook, she wants to celebrate it with a costume. So that's kind of cute. Um, We also get like some dramatic... 2000s editing um because as she says that in her little talking head it zooms in on her like shiny white smile and like blings like you know like it's a little ting and like a like a ray a burst you know what I'm trying to say it's a cute little like editing trick um that's just you know reminds me of how things used to be super like heavy-handed when they were edited so Holly mentions that the only reason she's doing as well as she is in the kitchen is because she got pointers from the kitchen staff um, and we get like a close-up of an index card. It's instructions on how to make hot dogs and it's literally two steps and I wrote them down because I wanted to read them. All right. Step one, hot dogs into water. Step two, once the water boils, take out and finish on the hot griddle. Two minutes each side. So there you go the fl- the famous playboy mansion hot dog recipe you have it here folks um hef rolls up into the house and he's just like cool as a cucumber he's like greeting everyone you know kissing cheeks with all of the playmates and bridget and kendra and like holly is still cooking in the kitchen alone <laughs> trying to make hamburgers this time um she says that she doesn't think it's going very well because she doesn't know when something's done and she doesn't know how to leave it on for And then we realize that she hasn't turned on the burner. So nothing has been happening. Um, So yeah, she's really struggling. And then like half is just like hanging out in the front room. Like everyone's having a good time. So Holly brings out um, what she calls a baby burger for half. It looks like she made him like a little slider or something. The other girls already have their burgers. So I guess she served them all up. And then there's a voiceover where she says that she tried to do all of the burgers medium. But she says she thinks they turned out medium rare. And it zooms in, like, over-the-shoulder shot in the burger that Kendra's eating. And it is pink in the middle, which is, uh, gross for a burger. Especially because I know that she just got that stuff from a grocery store. It's not like the mansion staff, like, grinded the beef from, like, a very nice cut of steak or something. Where, you know, it might actually be, like, a little bit safe to eat on the rarer side. So that's kind of gross. Um... Holly kind of asks how the burger was that Hef had, and he just shades her, which is kind of sad since you know that, like, she's looking for his validation this whole episode. He's, like, comparing it to the ones that the, the mansion kitchen makes because they put cheese on it and they, like, mix the onions into the beef, so whatever. Um, so I guess Holly's kind of sad just because she wasn't really able to entertain, like, at her barbecue since she was cooking all day, so she kind of just leaves Like, everyone's hanging out in the room and, like, looking at Bridget's dog. And she just, like, slips out a back door and drives over to the guest house on, like, across the street. Um, And she says that she just wants to, like, do more work on the guest house. Um, So she's still in her housewife costume, as she calls it. And she's, like, painting Playboy bunny heads onto the doors. And then Hef comes by. And, of course, she's like, no, you're not supposed to see it yet. And she runs out to stop him. And I guess this is supposed to be like a sweet moment of like, oh, they care about each other. But 
it just kind of grosses me out knowing what I know, like having read her book. Um, but she was just like, oh, he was like, oh, I just wanted to see like what happened. Like, you know, is something wrong because you left? Um, which is like a little bit, on one hand it's relatable, but on the other hand it's like not great to just like leave from your own party and just be like, bye guys. And like not, not even say bye guys, just like, you know, take an Irish exit and just not say anything. Um, so like Hef like goes to check on her and she's like, no, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. So they're like, okay, well, I love you. Okay, kiss, kiss. And they like kiss. And it's gross because I'm just like, oh, I know that you don't actually love him and you don't want to be kissing him and you've just like convinced yourself that you do. So it's sad. And then that's it. Like nothing gets resolved. Like she's still kind of sad. Like and she goes back to work in the guest house and it just like cuts to commercial and cuts back and it's a completely new day um so yeah we're back with the mansion staff um the butlers are down in the kitchen making coffee and kind of talking about how the uh, like the girls playboy issue is supposed to come out today and up in the offices the different um like staff are talking about it so we have uh norma who we saw earlier and she was kind of like asking if they could see it and mary who is hef's personal secretary comes out and says like Hef is the only one opening it. No one's opening it but Hef, so it's all very serious. Um, Norma suggests that they, like, open it and seal it back up, but she doesn't get away with that. So Holly comes back upstairs to, like, snoop on the offices and see if the, um, if the magazine has come in. And everyone's, like, playing it very dumb around her and just, like, asking, like, oh, is there... Is there something that you're looking for? Oh, is there anything that could be special about this issue in particular? So they're kind of just teasing her a little bit. It's kind of cute. Um, and then we're back downstairs and all three of the girls are at, I guess, the lunch table having lunch. And this this is when we get our Mission Impossible music. It's literally like da 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 um, It's a really funny waveform to see on my my screen. Anyway, the girls are talking about how they're waiting for the magazine to come in um holly says that she went upstairs but they told her that it hadn't come in yet and bridget says that they're definitely lying and they hid it from her they're all kind of stressing out over whether it's actually going to be them or whether it's going to be kelly monaco and kendra's just like um three hot blonde chicks over a brunette hello and then bridget's like yeah and he has to live with us afterwards which is like cute on one hand but on the other hand i'm like constantly thinking back to what i read and like I don't don't know the abuse that they were under and I'm just like he obviously didn't think that it would be like you guys wouldn't react because you know he has the power but anyway it's the show so of course like it's for tv like they're not gonna like have this whole storyline where the girls get shot for the playboy cover and then they don't put them on the playboy cover so Hef comes walking down the hall the Mission Impossible music is still playing he has a box in his hand it's the magazine they're on the cover a fucking course he hands out all the covers around to all of them they're all very excited and happy kendra's very happy that she was doing her signature pose on the cover like biting her finger all sexy thinking dirty thoughts um and then holly is just like very happy because you know it legitimizes her as a girlfriend and how she feels like it's half finally saying that he's proud of her which again is very fucking sad um and then it ends just like with a final shot of like the cover the three girls in the black satin sheets very iconic cover i think i even remembered when this came out like i probably saw i think they used to have like playboy and barnes and noble and stuff so i'm pretty sure i saw this cover so yeah that's the end of this episode um let's do the where are they nows We'll go with Kendra first. Um, so she started dating her future her future ex-husband, um, pro football player Hank Basket, while she was still living in the mansion. And so she left to kind of begin filming her spinoff show, Kendra. And that just like took place, you know, there wasn't even a gap, basically. It just went from Girls Next Door to Kendra. And it just showed her moving out on her own, dating Hank, and eventually getting married. Um... They got married in 2009 at the Playboy Mansion. Um, there was originally a rumor going around that I think if I if I read this correctly as I was reading Holly's book, I think it was started by Hef himself, but the rumor was that Hef was going to give Kendra away at her wedding, which is fucking gross and weird. Um, no, they did get married at the Playboy Mansion, but her brother, which is you know, much better, gave her away. 
She has two kids, um, a boy who was born in 2009. So she got married, I think, in like June of 2009, June or July. And then her son was born in December. And then she had a daughter who was born in May of 2014. She's written a memoir called Sliding Into Home. And she's done, you know, a few other um, reality TV shows outside of her own stuff. She did Dancing with the Stars. She did an ep- like she had her own episode of E! True Hollywood Story. She did an episode of Celebrity Wife Swap. She actually did an episode with Kate Goslin, which is kind of interesting. I really do want to do John and Kate or just, I guess, Kate plus eight eventually. So that's kind of fun. Um, and then eventually her, her show got canceled on E! It moved over to Wii TV and it was renamed Kendra on Top. And that was on from 2012 to 2017 before it was ultimately canceled. And then, like I mentioned, he was her future ex-husband. She filed for divorce from Hank Basket in 2018. Um, so Holly Madison ended up leaving uh, Hef and the show in 2008. Um, she did a little stint on Dancing with the Stars as a last-minute replacement for Jewel. And, you know, that was something that was very exciting for her. She kind of goes into it a little bit more in her book. She moved to Las Vegas, and she began dating Chris Angel, who she dated kind of a briefly, but it was also like a very toxic-slash-abusive relationship she doesn't use those words in her book, but she tells everything that happened and that shit was abuse. So that's kind of sad, but luckily she got out of it pretty quickly. I think she only dated him for a few months. Um, and so then she got a gig starring in um, a burlesque show on the Las Vegas Strip. It was at Planet Hollywood. It was called Peep Show. So the original concept was that like the headliners would have like three-month con- contracts each, and she was actually taking over from kelly monaco (laughs) she just keeps popping back up um she was replacing kelly monaco after her three-month contract was up um but holly was like determined to make it work and she really felt drawn to the show and to the character and she basically like hustled and promoted the show as much as she could and they kept extending her contract and she ended up doing like i think i don't know seven years or something on on the show i don't know exactly how long it was but she was on she was on, maybe it wasn't seven, maybe it was like four. I can't remember, but she was she was doing Peep Show for a really long time. And then she also scored her spinoff um, called Holly's World. Um, unfortunately, so both Kendra's show, Kendra, and Holly's World on E! were canceled after a new E! president was brought on board and she vowed to get rid of the, quote, trashy playboy element. So even though, like, Girls Next Door was no longer on, they still canceled Kendra and Holly's show just because they were, I don't know, former Playboy girlfriends. It's kind of bullshit. So yeah, she had her show, but unfortunately it was only two seasons before it was canceled, but apparently it had, like, pretty good ratings and stuff. I'd I'd never seen it or heard of it. I don't know. Um, So she has two memoirs, so I told you I'd read the whole thing. The first one was called Down the Rabbit Hole. Curious Adventures and Cautionary Tales of a Former Playboy Bunny. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, And then she wrote her second one that came out. uh, That one came out in 2015. Her second memoir came out in 2016 that I haven't read. And it's called The Vegas Diaries, Romance, Rolling the Dice, and the Road to Reinvention. And I also, this is, I don't know. Sometimes I make, I crack myself up. But I, like, wrote a notation there in my notes. I was like, these titles are like Panic of the Disco songs. If you're, like, a Panic fan. Like, their early stuff when they would have, like, ridiculously long song titles like there's a good reason these tables are numbered honey you just haven't figured it out yet I don't even know if I said that correctly the titles are too long all of it um and then Holly began dating a man named Pascal Pascale Pasquale Pascal maybe (laughs) Rotella in 2011 they had their first daughter together in March 2013 and they got married in September 2013 and then Holly gave birth to her son in 2016. Um, and as of September 2018, her and Pascal are amicably separated. So unfortunately, they're not together anymore, but who knows where that'll go. Okay, finally, we'll do Bridget. So Bridget left the mansion around the same time as Kendra, and she actually got an offer from the Travel Channel to do a show called Bridget's Sexiest Beaches. So that's kind of fun. Um, she apparently filmed a reality TV pilot I think it was called like Just Add Bridget, but it wasn't picked up, so that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of an internet presence. She apparently got engaged in 2015, but I googled, you know, Bridget Marquot married, and the only thing that came up was like her first marriage that happened from like 1997 to 2003 or something. So 
I don't know what happened with that. Um, from what I could tell, Winnie the dog is still alive, but unfortunately I did see that Gizmo the cat had passed away in 2015, so that's pretty sad. And like I mentioned, Hugh Hefner died in 2017. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to like mention, uh, so I did say that his season six girlfriend one of them one of his season six girlfriends was crystal harris um he got engaged to crystal in 2010 and she ended up breaking off the engagement in 2011 five days before their wedding but i guess they got back together because in 2012 they got married and she was married to him until he died in 2017 which definitely leads me to wonder like what that estate situation was and if she got like a big old chunk of the playboy estate or if he had like written her out of the will i don't know I could probably do more research on that, but I feel like there would have been, like, a legal battle or, like, some news story or something I would have heard of. Who knows? Okay, so final thoughts. Um, Does it hold up? Ooh, I mean, like, not very well in, like, the Me Too era of 2019. Like I mentioned, around the time when Hef died, there was a lot of talk about how problematic he was and how he was an abuser who you know didn't like his entire empire is built off of like selling Marilyn Monroe's nudes without her consent she didn't photo shoot with Playboy he like acquired her photos and published them so he's not great it's not great to watch this and know that it's just like a candy coated version I would say if you do want to watch it I would again recommend reading Bridget's book not Bridget sorry Bridge um Holly's book just because it was really good but it also gives like the other side to it um it's hard to find like it is on YouTube but the quality isn't good so it's not like it's super easy to binge watch like when you can just throw it up on Amazon or Netflix and it'll just play one after the other so it, it doesn't hold up as well as some of the other shows that I've watched and I've enjoyed. And it's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little mindless. I mean, a lot of this is mindless, but there isn't a lot of plot. There isn't a lot of, like, character development. Maybe there is more in, like, the later seasons that I didn't really watch. That was kind of the time I had grown out of reality TV, but I don't know. As far as the first season goes, I would say it's not really worth a rewatch. All right, guys. Well, that's about it for episode 11. So thank you so much again for joining me. If you like the podcast, please give it a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google or wherever else. You can find me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. And you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, you guys.